to Capital Locust, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Talking local globally. This podcast explores ideas and thinking about the role of local government finance as an accelerator of international development, in line with the Sustainable Development Goals and Paris Agreement. It's a real pleasure and privilege to meet you. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes. The privilege is mine. Thank you very much. So thank you so much for agreeing to this small podcast interview. First, perhaps if you could just say a few words about yourself and how this crisis has affected your province. Uh, thank you. Thank you, David. I would like uh, talking about our state. I don't know if anyone know about Yucatan, but we're located on the southeast of uh, Mexico. Our state uh, has uh, 2.2 million people living here. It's a really nice place. It's a place that offers a lot of history to the world as it was a region where the great Mayan civilization was. For this reason, we have an archaeological heritage without comparison with places such as Chichen Itza, one of the seven new wonders of the world, and declared by UNESCO as a site of cultural heritage of humanity. Add to this, we have an uncountable number of tourism attractions, such as uh, ecotourism, uh, roads, caves, haciendas, museums, galerias, and beaches on the Yucatan coast. Aside from its natural richness, uh, Yucatan is a modern and dynamic state that stands out as one of the best places to live in Mexico. Uh, for example, uh, David, one market that distinguishes Yucatan in Mexico and around the world is its high safety rates. We've been the safest state in Mexico for four consecutive years, according to the peace index carried out by the Institute for Economic and Peace. And a lot of people say, you're the safest uh, state in Mexico, but it's Mexico. Um, things that we hear around the world about Mexico, they are not always good. So I want to tell you that, for example, the city of Merida, our capital, is the second safest city in America. It's safer than any city in the United States, only behind Quebec in Canada, and has the same safety index as European capitals such as Geneva, Stockholm, or Oslo, according to the CEO World Magazine. It is also a state that stands out for its economy, before the global pandemic, we were among the first states in economic growth in the country. Now, talking a little bit about me in terms of my responsibilities, I currently hold the position of government of the state of Yucatan. It's a six-year term. I was elected in 2018, so I will be finishing in 2024. And in simple terms, a governor in Mexico is the highest representative of the state uh, executive power. And almost uh, two years in charge of my position, we have obtained uh, particular important achievements, positioning Yucatan in the first place in Mexico on issues and issues such as regulatory improvement, transparency, the rule of law, and the fight against corruption. So this is Yucatan. This is the current position that I'm uh, working on. And I'm very thank you with you, David, and your team to give me this opportunity. Well, thank you so much indeed. Actually, uh, just from a personal perspective, I do know Yucatan because uh, maybe 35, 40 years ago, when I was in my 20s, I actually hitchhiked from <laughs> uh, Nicaragua, Honduras to Gustigalpa, San Pedro Sula, and then I got a plane to Belize City, and then I uh, hitchhiked from Belize City to Mexico City. Okay. Uh, that was practicing my Spanish. That's basically how I learned Spanish. <laughs> so as a young man, I traveled through Yucatan, but a long time ago. So I, I, I know it well. Uh, well, from You there, have to come back. Yeah, I would love to go. Now back. it's much nicer. 
<laughs> I would love to. So I, I so thank you so much. That that that's really interesting perspective. And I wondered if maybe you could tell us a little bit about. Uh, what measures you have taken in terms of the COVID crisis and how that has affected uh, the state of Yucatan? Yes, David. Um, as we all know, uh, we're facing a new pandemic or no due to its behavior. For this reason, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've been carrying out a technical management of the crisis where we always follow the advice of experts. Uh, regarding the specific measures we took, I classified them in two large groups, health actions and economic measures. Uh, we can start talking about the health actions. Uh, first, first thing we did was precisely set up an advisory committee with the best epidemiologists and health experts in Yucatan. Uh, we launched an intensive communication campaign on hygiene and prevention measures, created a website, an exclusive line, an application for cell phones, a health chatbot on Facebook and WhatsApp, as well as an orientation and emotional support line. Likewise, we launched health brigades to raise awareness among the population, people that go knocking door by door in all the state. We also installed itinerant boots for diagnosis, as well as a tracking system to stop chains of infection. Uh, we implemented uh, strict measures to limit our mobility, restrictions of the opening times of commercial establishments, and we installed monitoring units in the hospitals and public clinics to strengthen our epidemiological surveillance. At the same time, we did an early medical inventory review, thanks to which we were able to learn about our needs and we could equip our medical staff with protective materials uh, long before they were in the short supply. We also managed to ensure the medical personnel have free lodging and transportation. Uh, without a doubt, medical personnel are the heroes of our pandemic and we need to recognize and support them. We were among the first states in Mexico to acquire equipment such as high-tech respirators, uh, vital signs monitors, and we keep our ambulance with high-tech insulating capsules and transfer ventilators that we didn't have before. Another key issue was uh, strengthening our hospital infrastructure. Regarding this, we implemented a hospital reconversion to have more intensive care beds, and we managed to enable two temporary hospitals that together offer almost 600 additional beds to attend people who need critical care. We also uh, strengthened our state public health laboratory, and thanks to this, we were able to increase the number of tests we were carrying out almost uh, seven times more than we used to do when the pandemic started. Uh, talking about the economic measures, our first priority was to support uh, families who had lost their income. So we invest approximately $69 million in a plan for job protection and economic uh, reactivations. Among other actions, we implemented uh, unemployment insurance where we benefit more than 47,000 families, a food support program where we benefit more than 405,000 families, financial scholarships for more than 17,000 students. We made alliance with civil society for collecting food, discounts on electric bill, water and garbage services, and we also support more than 12,000 workers in the fishing sector and farmers in the field. At the same time, we implemented uh, tax incentives, support to cover the payroll of companies in the hotel and restaurant sector, and zero interest credits for all of 2020 to small and medium-sized companies. And in addition, we also have a line of credit of uh, $101 billion with the Development Bank in Mexico. So it's been a great effort. We know that it's not enough, but we're making our best effort to try to help uh, people, help companies, and, and to keep jobs. 
Yeah, well, thank you very much indeed. Governor, one of the topics of this podcast series is about how uh, local governments and subnational governments, state governments in this case, are the effective vehicles, the effective uh, way to actually accelerate the response to COVID. If you keep everything centralized, you can't respond quickly. And we've been hearing from mayors and governors all around the world about the effective local responses. But of course, there is a problem, and that is the the fiscal problem. And you touched on this a little bit when you mentioned the financing. And and so more broadly, how have you managed to finance uh, these actions? And what are the perspectives going forwards in terms of your your financial uh, situation in the the state and also in your cities and municipalities? It's not been easy, David. It's been a very difficult situation. Uh, Here in the States, uh, all actions uh, that I will be telling you uh, are carried out during the pandemic have been financed with uh, state-owned resources. Uh, To get this funding, we have to make make a big restructure of our public budget. Uh, We stopped doing a lot of things and we put money on the pandemic to help people. Uh, But without a doubt, it has been a great challenge as we are facing extraordinary situation with ordinary resources, and that means doing more with less. As we all know, the pandemic has reduced the productivity of the many sectors of our economy, a situation that has impact on tax collection. To give an example, for the second quarter of this year, Yucatan raised about $43 million less than we were supposed to to collect. Another challenge that uh, we're working on is to find uh, more funding to our local business and entrepreneurs. We're looking to give them the tools that they need to keep business and generate more jobs. We're, we're talking with, uh, with the federal government to try to get uh, more resources to our uh, state. It's not easy also for them. Uh, they're in the same situation than us. So I think uh, the rest of the year is going to be very complicated. Uh, the federal government just uh, submitted the budget uh, yesterday for next year. It's a budget that everyone has less money than we were supposed to have. So uh, we're going to have to be doing more with less, and everyone will have to be having more discipline and being more careful with everything. Well, thank you. And do you have any uh, particular innovations or ideas about how to mobilize um, new sources of revenue or um, how to deal with this financial uh, crisis? Uh, we were working with the Mexican bank, uh, Banobras, that is a, a government bank. And a couple of next days, we're going to be trying to renegotiate our our debt of the state, that will be an option that can save us a lot of money. Uh, we have some public-private projects that were uh, costing a lot for the state. On March, we were going to shade those of them also. So we're trying to, to get uh, better options. There's not a lot of options. Uh, uh, we try to, to have a, a long-term uh, debt to have some extra money, especially for the new economic crisis. Uh, we went to our local Congress. Uh, they didn't want to do it for us. So it's, it, it's very difficult, David. Uh, I'm all ears from any ideas you have uh, to share with us. No, well, thank you. So we are working with uh, financial institutions on this uh, issue, and we understand that next year will be a fiscal crunch, a fiscal crisis for subnational governments, state governments, uh, local governments uh, worldwide. And uh, this year, 
you know, they're still living from the budget of last year. Next year is when things will become really visible. So we are working on ways in which perhaps can be um, a, a consortia of banks, development banks, that can provide uh, guarantees to subnational governments that replace the uh, central guarantee. So because central governments do not want to lose their credit rating and guarantee the states and the cities. So if there can be some kind of um, regional institution or vehicle, maybe using the Inter-American Development Bank or something like that, that can operate in this space for local governments, subnational governments. That's one possibility. We're talking with the French about this, with the Inter-American Development Bank, with the African Development Bank. So it's a conversation, but I think it's a, it's a really important one. So we will certainly keep you involved in this. The second thing we are looking at is how uh, subnational governments and uh, uh, local governments can reclaim reclaim some of the, the, the revenue from these digital providers. So when you look at Amazon, Airbnb, Uber, all of these, uh, and the local equivalents, in also there are uh, local equivalents of these, they often do not pay municipal taxes. They do not pay state taxes. Sometimes they do not even pay federal taxes. But they need the roads, the airports, the logistics, they need the services of the public administration to function. And therefore, there should be some way of that they contribute to those services in the same way that a regular, a regular shop, a normal store at the end, it pays the local taxes. So they should also do the same thing. And so we're working on uh, the legal framework for that. And we're looking to work with some subnational governments or local governments and central governments on this as well. We have a scheme with Ghana in uh, Africa. And it'd be quite interesting to look at perhaps working uh, with Mexico or, or, on, on this idea. So these are some of the ideas that we are, we are bringing forwards. Uh, over to you, Governor. They're, they're, they're good ideas, uh, David. Uh, uh, here in Mexico, uh, Netflix and all those uh, digital companies that you're uh, talking about, they start paying taxes, federal taxes, I think in April for the first time. Right. But they're not paying state or municipal uh, taxes, and it would be a, a good idea to have uh, some kind of something that the state can get back from them because there are a lot of people that are paying taxes here that are uh, not selling enough because they can't open, but these companies are selling. So I think this could be a, a win-win situation for everyone. Uh, so let me involve in the, in the conversation. We're interested. Okay, and just to let you know that um, another participant in the podcast is the city of Malaga in Spain. Okay. And what they have done is they have started an initiative to create a municipal Amazon. Uh, and they may even expand it to Andalusia, the, the region, so that you will actually have local companies being able to sell locally. And they want to be able to match the global Amazon in price and speed. So there are different ways that that can work. And that's to keep the local restaurants, the local uh, producers, to keep them in, in business. Uh, my, my grandfather and my grandmother uh, were from Malaga. Ah, right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we're doing something, uh, something uh, 
more more like that. Uh, we have in Mexico, uh, Armando, no, we have a Mercado Libre that is like an Amazon in, in Mexico, especially they sell a lot of juice things. Uh, we have a channel uh, for Yucatan uh, in Mercado Libre that we call Hecho en Yucatan. And all the products that are produced here in Yucatan, you can go there and you can buy them. And we as a government, we pay the advertising of those channels so people can go and have their sales. So it's something like that. But I will be very interested to know about this uh, municipal Amazon that they're doing in, in Malaga. Oh, no problem. So we'll keep you in touch on that. And then just finally, on this topic, we're also uh, working with the city of Chefchouen in Morocco. And uh, what they are doing is um, they had a lot of tourists that have now disappeared. And they do not believe that they will be coming back anytime soon. They, they think that probably they even had too many tourists at one point and it was putting pressure on, on services. So what they have done is they have taken um, some of the, the local produce, uh, like the olives, uh, they have organic olive oil and they also have organic, some organic uh, oils. And they are marketing them to the people that used to come. A lot of uh, Chinese people used to go to Chef Xuan, a lot of people from a couple of other countries. So they now have a kind of marketing the export of that province of the, uh, back to the places where the tourists used to come. And it's starting to work because the, 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 it has such a good reputation as a place to visit, it becomes a brand. And so that's another way possibly to try to rebuild the local economy. What I found very interesting talking to the mayor of Chef Xuen is he really does not believe that that level of tourism will come back uh, anytime soon. We shall see. Nobody can see the future. But uh, is, is tourism big for Yucatan? Yeah, it's, it's big. It's not as big as Cancun, that are our neighbors, but it represents like... Um, um, maybe 15% of our economy, so it's a big topic. And we were growing uh, really fast. Our airport was growing uh, two digits the last five years. Uh, we have uh, our airport is getting bigger right now. So tourism is, is, is an important part of our economy. Excellent. So thank you so much. Just a couple more questions, if that is okay. Maybe for, for the listeners, if you could explain the relationship between the state governments and the, the local governments, the, the municipal governments. Do, do they get federal uh, transfers or do they get state transfers or both? Uh, and, and how does that work? Okay, the things work in Mexico like this. The federal government uh, collect all the federal taxes. You know? So people that live in Yucatan pay federal taxes. And they have like a formula. So 80% of the resources goes to the federal government and 20% of the resources goes to the states and the municipalities. And that 20%, more or less, it's like 16, 17% of the, for the state and 3, 4% for the municipalities. So uh, we and the municipalities and the state, have, we have the option to put local uh, taxes. We're very limited on that. All, uh, the, the federal government has all the, the punch for doing those kind of things. Uh, so it's, it, it, it's very difficult right now. Uh, there's a lot of uh, governors here in Mexico uh, talking about a new Pacto Fiscal. So talking about uh, changing that formula, but it's going to take, uh, I think, a lot of time to do that. Oh, very interesting. So um, uh, I, I think finally, just to let you know that we are part of a coalition with United Cities and Local Governments, which is, we call it the Coalition 
for a global financial ecosystem that works for cities and local governments. And um, the current president of United Cities and Local Governments is a mayor from uh, uh, Colombia. And the secretary general is Emilia Saez, based in Barcelona. And this is the biggest global uh, network of subnational governments. And so with them, we have created something called the International Municipal Investment Fund. So this is a, a, a private sector fund which will invest globally only in local government projects. So it, it's looking for long-term loans that are for pieces of infrastructure like subway systems, transportation, these, these kind of things. And um, we work with this on the um, policy environment and the regulatory environment uh, to enable these investments to uh, take place. So that's another uh, area where we, we could perhaps work in the future to look at the potential for Yucatan or, or cities in Yucatan or maybe the state of Yucatan to be part of the pipeline of projects for that International Municipal Investment Fund, maybe together with the uh, Inter-American Development Bank. Because what we want to do is to create uh, more access to capital markets for subnational governments at the right price, at the right price. Because what is important is that the capital is easily accessible. We had a really good conversation with the mayor of Quito in Ecuador. And as you may know, they have now built an underground railway, a subway for the, the, the city. And the, what they were saying is that when the New York subway was built and the London subway was built, they had 100-year financing, uh, a very long term financed through bonds, financed through taxation. Now, they ask Quito to pay like a commercial rate for 15 years, repay 15 years. It's not possible because that piece of infrastructure will last for a long time and will bring many benefits over generations. So we're working to try to get the capital at the right price in the right structure so that as you put in the subway system or the transportation system, the economic growth is what pays for the, the investment of the loan. So that's, um, these are areas that we, I, I hope we can work together in the future. And it's been a real pleasure talking to you, Governor, and very nice to, to get to, to, to know you virtually, uh, at least. And thank you very much indeed for this uh, interview. Thank you very much, David. And you need to come back to Yucatan. You, you will be amazed with our beautiful sites and of course our food and especially the, the for the yucatecans that we are really good uh, people and we like to have visits like people like you thank you very much Dave. thank you all the best thank you very much indeed hope you enjoyed this episode this is capital Locust, the local government finance podcast from the united nations capital development fund thanks for listening see you next week